Oh, well, hello everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Boy, we are here today to honor all you moms. You know, Mother's Day for many of you, boy, it's a good day. You know, you're happily married, you have children, you like your children, and your children like you. Your mother's living and, and, and you get along with her. But you know, for others here today, for mothers, it's a hard day. For some of you, you don't, you don't have children and because you're not married. And, but you'd like to be married and, you know, sometimes Mother's Day is just a painful reminder of your marital status. Others of you are married, but you don't have children. And some of you, it's okay because you've chosen not to do that. But for some of you, it's just not. Then there's some of you here today who are, well, you're in a difficult marriage. Or perhaps you're a stepmother, and boy, it's, it's not been easy. Maybe you're a single mom, and boy, you can get pretty lonely on Mother's Day. Some of you have lost your mom, and whenever Mother's Day rolls around, it's just a painful reminder of the loss and that, and that big hole that it leaves in your heart. You know, there's a, a six-year-old boy he got separated from his mother in a supermarket and he starts yelling, Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> and the, that was the mother's name, okay. Well, she comes running over to him. She says, honey, you shouldn't be calling me by Martha. I'm your mother. He goes, yes, I know that. But, but look, the store is full of mothers. <laughs> look, regardless of where you are in your journey of motherhood, regardless of your life situations, every mom has hard days. You know, what are mothers? I mean, think about everything they do. Mothers are teachers, they're disciplinarians. Mothers are like cleaning, sometimes could be cleaning ladies. Some mothers are gardeners, some other guys mow lawns. Mothers are nurses, they're doctors, psychologists, counselors, chauffeurs, coaches, on and on and on and on and on. Mothers are the developers of your personality. They mold your, your, the language that comes out of your mouth. They, they, they shape your attitudes. Mothers are those soft voices that once in a while you so desperately need to hear, I, I, I love you. And mothers, more importantly, they're a link to God. A child's first impression of God's love. You're the first impression. Mothers are all these things and so much, much more. I came across this illustration I think you'll enjoy by Irma Bombeck that told of God in the act of creating mothers. So let me just read this to you. She said that on the day God created mothers, he had already worked long overtime. An angel said to him, Lord, you sure are spending a lot of time on this one. And the Lord turned and he said, have you read the specs on this model? She's supposed to be completely washable and not made out of plastic. She's supposed to have 180 moving parts, all of them replaceable. She's to have a kiss that will heal everything from a broken leg to a broken heart. She's supposed to have six pairs of hands. Six pairs of hands, said the angel. That's impossible. It's not the six pairs of hands that bother me, said the Lord. It's the three sets of eyes that she needs to have, the three pairs of eyes. She's supposed to have one pair that sees through closed doors. Okay, so whenever she wants to know, what are you kids doing in there? She already knows what they're doing in there. Then she has to have another pair in the back of her head, okay? So she can see all the things she's not supposed to see, but she needs to see. And then she has one pair right in front, so she can look at that child who maybe just messed up with something, and she can communicate just with her eyes, love and understanding, without ever saying a word. Ah, that's too much, said the angel. You can't put that much in one model. 
Why don't you just rest for a while and resume doing this tomorrow? I can't do that, said the Lord. I'm close to creating someone very much like myself. I've already come up with a model who can heal herself when she's sick, who can feed a family of six with just a pound of hamburger, and who can persuade a nine-year-old to take a shower. Then the angel looked at the model of motherhood a little more closely and said, I think she's too soft. Oh, but she's tough, said the Lord. You'd be surprised how much this mother can do. Well, can she think, said the angel? Not only can she think, said the Lord, but she can reason, she can compromise, she can persuade. Then the angel reached over and he touched her cheek. Well, this one has a leak, he said. I told you that you couldn't put so much of this into one model. That's, that's not a leak, said the Lord, that's a tear. What's a tear for, asked the angel. Well, it's for joy. It's for sadness. It's for sorrow. It's for disappointment. It's for pride. You're a genius, said the angel. Mothers, do you see how special you are? How specially you were created? Listen, we all have a mother, okay? We all have expectations of what a mother should be. I love this story. It's about this frazzled mother, right? And she sent her little boy to bed. Just go to bed, go to bed. And the little boy's mumbling to himself. And he, he says, how come every time she gets tired, I'm the one that has to go and take a nap? Or there's the one about the family that just had their fourth child. And they're all under the age of five. Some friends sent over a playpen for the family. And a couple days later, they got a note from the family that, that sent the playpen. And this is what it read. Just what we needed. I sit in it every afternoon and read, and the kids can't even get near me. <laughs> you know what they're saying there, moms? Can you feel that? No, there is no other job in the world that is as heartbreaking or as rewarding as motherhood. And no other job, and hear me here, no other job will ever have the influence or the impact on the world like parenting does. A recent study said when they talked to 90% of the teenagers they talked to, when they asked them who was the most influence in their life, who had the most influence in their life, it was the parents. The influence can either be godly or it can be worldly. There are some great portraits of motherhood in Scripture, and I, God just brought a few to mind. You know, I love the picture of the mother of Moses, who cared so much for her son that she broke the law yeah, in order to teach him the faith of the people, of her people, his people. Jacobed was a Levite woman who gave birth during a time when the king of Egypt was slaughtering baby boys. The king's decision, if you want to read about it, it's interesting reading in Exodus 1. He wanted to keep the Hebrew population down, keep it under control. So when Jacobed had given birth to her son, she knew she could not allow him to be killed. She hid the boy for three months until she could no longer hide him anymore. Rather than drowning him in the Nile, which is what the king demanded, she made a small boat for him and had her daughter Miriam to watch the basket that had made its way down the river. Miriam did as she was instructed and saw the Pharaoh's daughter take pity on the baby. She knew he was a Hebrew and knew his fate, but she kept him. Miriam approached her and said she knew of a wet nurse who was her mother 
and the Pharaoh's daughter hired Jechebed as a wet nurse as she raised the boy who was named Moses. See, she refused to do what she knew was wrong and to save her son's life. The result, as we all know, is that Moses saved all the Hebrews from Egypt with God's help. So with all the mother, what, what, <laughs> I think the point of this is, is what our mothers do may break some rules, but if they're in accordance with God's plan, nothing but blessings will come from it. Then there's the one about sacrificial love. Sacrificial love of a mother who, who appeared before King Solomon and told him that she was willing to have her son taken away by another woman rather than see any harm come to him. You see, these two women had babies at the same time. One of them died during the night, the other one didn't, so they're in front of the king. So the king says, the one of you says, this is my son that's living. And your son, he says, the other one is, is dead. And the other one says, no, 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 no. My son's the one that's alive and her son is the one that's dead. <laughs> the king says, you know what? Give me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to one and give the other half to the other. Then the woman whose child was the living one spoke to the king. For she was deeply stirred over her son and said, Oh, my Lord, give her the living child. By no means kill him. But the other said, He shall be neither mine nor yours. Divide him. Cut him in half. Then the king said, Give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She is the mother. And then how about the mother of James and John? <laughs> She loved her boys so much that she wanted them to sit by the Lord's side in the heavenly kingdom. The story in Matthew 20 says that uh, then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons, bowing down and making a request of him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, command that in your kingdom, these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right, one on your left. But Jesus answered, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And they said to him, we are able. And he said to them, well, my cup you shall drink. But to sit on my right and on my left, that is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it's been prepared by my father. Just a mother, like so many of you, just wanting the best for the child. And then we find the story of Elizabeth in Luke 1, who was married to a priest called Zechariah. Though they were both very faithful, okay, to the Lord, they just couldn't conceive. And they were very elder, elderly when the archangel Gabriel spoke to Zechariah and told that Elizabeth was going to bear a son. Well, you can imagine Elizabeth, she was ecstatic, and she did conceive. And when her cousin Mary, we're talking Jesus' mother, came to visit, her unborn son reacted to the Holy Spirit by just leaping in her womb. When he was born... You know what he was named, right? John. And would later become known as John the Baptist. See, mothers are faithful. Even when everyone else doesn't believe. It is this faith that gives them hope for their children's future, no matter what the situation. And I love here 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Paul reminds us of Timothy's parental influence. How important your influence is. It says, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, 
and then in your mother Eunice, and I am sure that is in you as well. See, Timothy had sincere faith, and he had that faith because of his grandmother and because of his mother. A mother helps form our spirit, and if she is a godly mother, she will be the first introduction that we have to God. Emma Bur uh, Bombeck writes about a letter she received. This is what she said. The letter said, for the first four or five years after I had children, I considered motherhood a temporary condition, not a calling, a condition. It was just a matter of time that these long hours and an exhaustion will all go away. But then she goes, then one afternoon, with three kids in tow, I came out of the supermarket pushing a cart and the wheels are going all different directions and trying to get and I got the kids and when one of my little toddler son, he got away. Next thing you know, he's right, you know, he's, he's up and he put his arms around one of those big gumball machines and he's hanging out and he goes, gimme, 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 gimme. And she goes, come on, get away from that. And she's trying to pull him away and trying to keep the other kids next to the cart. Next thing you know, it falls over. The gumball container falls over, it shatters, and it gumballs go flying everywhere. Well, at this time, they have drawn quite the crowd, all right? And the little boy is trying to control his sobbing, right, as he looks around. And the mother says, then I, then he did something. Something that I would remember for the rest of my life. In his helpless quest for comfort, he turned to the only one he trusted with his emotions. She said it was me. He threw his arms around my knees and held on for dear life. You know, Mom, sometimes we forget how important stability is to a child. You see, don't miss this, you know, and if you're new to the church, I, I have, well, I'll give two of these, maybe three of these in a message called Don't Miss This. That's if you forget other things that I have said. Don't miss this. Don't forget this. The easiest part of being a mother is giving birth. The hardest part is showing up each and every day. So Mother's Day is traditionally the day when children give something back to their mothers for all the spit they produce, right? To wash their dirty faces. All the old gum they held in their hands, all the noses they wiped, the bloody knees that were all made well with the kiss. This is the day mothers are honored. They're honored for washing all those sheets in the middle of the night, driving kids to school when they miss the bus, enduring all the ball games in the heat, or the rain or the cold, wherever you raised your children. You see, moms, it's appreciation day. It's appreciation day for you for making your children finish something they said they couldn't do. Not believing them when they turned to you and said, I hate you and sharing their good times and sharing their bad times. You know, the cards you probably received today from the kids might not just generally reflect this, but I can tell you what they're trying to say. They're just trying to say to you, thank you for showing up. Thank you for being there. Today, we wanna to thank all the moms out there for the difficult and thankless jobs you do. Mothers, you are so important. You're very important. We could not have made it without you. You have provided so much comfort and stability for all of us throughout the years. You know, God says, honor your mother. And I think most would agree that mothers are worthy of honor. So this morning on Mother's Day, to moms, grandmas, soon-to-be moms, spiritual moms, future moms, I want to share with you some tips that will help you not only survive, 
not just get through this COVID-19 situation, but for you to flourish as a mom. Tips to standing up against all that motherhood throws at you. Are you ready? Well, here's number one, tip one. Okay, moms, when you find yourself unappreciated, you find yourself alone, remember that God loves you. Being a mom is not easy. There are days when you feel like you've blown it, that you just stepped over the edge, right? Oh man, I just made a terrible decision. Some days you feel like a total failure. There are times when you feel very lonely. I want you to know when those times come, as they will for every mom, I want you to remember that you're loved by God. When you feel unlovable, when you feel like no one else loves you, remember God doesn't stop loving you. Let me say that again. Don't miss this. God never stops loving you. I love what God says in Isaiah 54:10. For the mountains be removed and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed for you, and my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. There's nothing you can do that can shake the love of God off of you. When you feel unforgivable, when you feel like you've done something that how can anyone forgive you, right? When you have a hard time just forgiving yourself, remember God's mercy, it never ceases, it never stops. Now here's your second tip. Now this tip is for everyone, not just moms, this is for everyone who's listening here. If you want your mom, you want the mother of your children to survive motherhood and flourish, you need to value her through appreciation. Appreciation, we all want it, right? We all need it. We all have to have it to survive emotionally. I mean, it's the way we're wired up. That's the way God made us. You know, I love Proverbs 12, 25. It says, worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. Or how about this great quote from Mark Twain? I can live off of one good compliment for a week. Yet many moms wonder every day, does my family really appreciate me? I think one of the greatest gifts you can give your mom on Mother's Day, the mother of, of your children, your wife, your spiritual mom, it's a gift of sincere, genuine appreciation. Listen, motherhood is a full-time job, and as one mom said, if motherhood was going to be easy, we would never start it out with something called labor. Amen to that, right? And with that comes a huge struggle. Most moms struggle with the balance of time and priorities. You know, they struggle with guilt. They have guilt for leaving their children, right, to go to work. Then they have guilt for wanting to come home from work to be with their children. There are some moms who wish they didn't have to work at all, and then there's others, some moms who, geez, I wish I can get out of the house once in a while and go to work. You know, one female therapist said, and ladies, you're going to love this, show me a woman who doesn't feel guilt, and I'll show you a man. Mom, it's important to figure out God's call for your life. Don't try to fit into someone else's expectations, but listen to what God wants you to be. Be the person that God has created you to be. Be the mom that he's wired you up to be. I love the words of Solomon here in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, moms. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, 
and he will make your path straight. Moms, you don't have to be, listen, you don't got to be a super mom, okay? Just be the mom that God created you to be. And here's our third tip. If you want to flourish as a mother, focus on the ultimate reward of motherhood. You know, when you watch some of these game shows and survivor shows and all that, you know, the, the, the ultimate reward is usually money and fame, right? But the ultimate reward for being a mom is to make a difference in the life of your child. That's the ultimate reward. I love what Deuteronomy says, chapter 4, verse 9. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you don't forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Here's the important part. Teach them to your children and to their children after that. Because you see, moms, a hundred years from now, it's not going to matter to you what house you lived in. It's not going to matter how big your bank account was, okay? It's not going to matter to you the value of your possessions. It's not going to matter. That's not what's going to be important to you. What's going to be important to you, what's going to matter to you, is the difference that you made in the life of a child, your child. Listen, moms, you matter. You make a difference. And moms that make a difference invest every day in their lives into their children. God has uniquely positioned you to be the most influential person in the life of your child. You will mark them and set them on their way, the course for the rest of their life, by what you do. So you might be thinking, well, why me? Why all this responsibility on me? Because when God wants to do something great in the world, He doesn't send in an earthquake. He doesn't stir up a... A tornado, he doesn't erupt a volcano, he doesn't send in COVID-19, he sends in a child. But before he can send the child, he's got to find a woman to be a mom to that child. When God needed a Moses, he found a Hebrew slave girl living on the banks of the Nile by the name of Jochebed to be his mother. When God needed an Abraham Lincoln, he found a poor, illiterate Virginia farm girl by the name of Nancy Anks to be his mother. And when God needed a Martin Luther King Jr., he found the daughter of a poor black preacher in Atlanta, Georgia, by the name of Alberta Williams. You know, when God needed a Mother Teresa, he found an impoverished Albanian young woman by the name of Nicole to be her mother. And when God needed a savior for the world, he found a young Jewish girl living on the backside of the Roman Empire to be the mother of the Son of God, the Savior of the world. God chooses women just like you to do something very extraordinary in you and through you. Listen, don't miss this. Moms, don't miss this. Of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of the children that you have. You are the one that your children need. Mom, I'll say it again. You make a difference. You can flourish if you'll always remember that you are loved by God. And though you don't always hear it from your family, understand that you're loved and you're appreciated. You don't have to be a super mom. Remember that. Just be the mom that God created you to be. And know that you're making a difference in the lives of your children and in your family. Look, we all know as a mom, you pray blessings over your children and your family. I know you do. I know you pray for peace. 
I know you pray for comfort of them. I know you pray for the healing when one of your kids are sick, you know, or you pray over your finances, you pray over so much. But as you go through those dark nights of the soul, as you struggle with, boy, why did I make that decision? Was that the right decision, the wrong decision? Or those days where you're going, God, are you even there? You know, God, don't you see what's happening here? Can I remember a few of these words from this song? It's a song by Laura Story, and the song's called Blessings. And this is what she writes. She goes, just what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing really comes through tears? And what if the trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? Moms, we thank God for you. And as I prepare to close and pray for you, I want you to picture this final scene. And moms, you know, you can close your eyes and visualize this at home right now. Just close your eyes. You're standing, okay, the streets of gold. Thousands of angels are just singing praises to God. The air is clearer than any air you have ever seen. And you look up in the city, up in the distance, oh, it's made of pure gold. And the foundations are made of these precious stones that are just sparkling in the light of the Son of God. You have never felt, Mom, more alive. And as you're standing near those pearly gates that lead into the golden city, as you begin to move forward, you hear a familiar voice. Hey, Mom, wait up. And you turn to see your children grown up, running towards you. You see, moms, that's the ultimate reward. Spending eternity with your children in paradise, in the kingdom of God. So, Father, we thank you for all the mothers and the mothers-to-be that are yet to come, Lord. We thank you, Father, and we ask for your blessings to fall upon them. Father, may your grace and mercy follow them every single day of their life. Father, may you instill upon them a sense of discernment and knowledge to them. Father, may you give them, encourage them, give them courage and strength and boldness as they walk forth. Father, raising your children. Father, we thank you for each and every one of them. And we thank you in the most powerful and precious name in the universe, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, moms. Have a great day.